Welcome to the Walk in Truth weekend program. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn about our podcast, daily devotional, how to contact us, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part five of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 about answering marriage questions. Paul is saying that this is not a command for all. Singleness is not a command for all. Notice the words, New American Standard, I wish that all were even as myself, but Paul says, I know that's not reality. Now here's a good verse to kind of supplement this. Turn to 1 Corinthians 14. Look at verse 5 with me. This is a future study on the spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. I want you to see the language here. I am reading from the New American Standard, but here's what Paul says. He says, now, 1 Corinthians 14, 5, good cross-reference, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy, 14, 5. Greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues. Now, we'll get to that more, but here's what I want you to see. Paul says, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but he will say, for example, in 1 Corinthians 12, 9, that tongues, or the gift of languages, is a grace gift if you want to flip over to 12.9, it's a manifest, manifestation of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12.30, he says, all do not have the gift of healings, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? The obvious answer is no. Not everybody has this gift. And then to round it out, notice why the gift would be given in the first place. Verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what? For the common good. Paul, if you go back to chapter 7, is essentially saying this. I wish that you all had the gift of singleness because if you did, you could focus on the gospel ministry with all of your time. I wish that you had it, but I know that you all don't because singleness, please hear me well, is a gift from the Holy Spirit. It is a grace gift. It is an endowment from God. It is not something that you just have or try to do. You are either given the gift or you are not. So that's what Paul is saying is the concession. Most of you will be married and there is nothing wrong with marriage. In fact, marriage is designed by God to be a picture of the gospel. Everybody with me? So if you have the gift of singleness, it is going to be an endowment from the Holy Spirit. Some of you have that gift, but whether you have been called to marry or to remain single and serve the Lord, remember, it's a gift from God and it should be for the common good. If it's not good for you, if you don't have the gift and you're trying to be single and celibate without the gifting of the Holy Spirit, you are going to live a frustrated life and there would be no reason for anybody to tell you, oh, that's the more spiritual life, is to be single and celibate because you give all your time to the ministry. When you don't have that gift from God, you're going to live a life of frustration. Now, let me just say this, and I'm going to say this with grace, as much grace as I can muster up. The Roman Catholic Church has gotten this wrong, where somewhere along their history, at least in a portion of the Roman Catholic Church, they forced celibacy into the priesthood. So that a priest now was mandated to be celibate and single to serve in the priesthood. 
But if he didn't have that gift and longed to be a priest, he's in a very tough spot, right? Because he longs to answer God's call to go into service of the Lord in that context. But he doesn't have the endowment of the Spirit to remain single. And that is an unfortunate wrong application of Paul's words here. This is where we need biblical clarity. There is no reason for a man or a woman entering into service of the Lord to be mandated to be single. That's not what the Bible says. That's why if you've come into a Christian church, you'd probably take note that most Christian pastors are married. And in fact, we have 1 Timothy 3 that says the elder should be the husband of one wife. There's all kinds of marriage instruction for leaders in the church. There's absolutely no reason that a leader in the church should not be married. In fact, his marriage becomes a measure of his spiritual life. And so does his family. And so Paul is just saying, look, make sure if you're going to do things this way, don't believe, let me straighten you out on verse 1 of chapter 7. <laughs> you guys got this wrong. Singleness is a gift from God just as marriage is a gift from God. Look at verse 8, chapter 7. But I say to the unmarried and to widows. He's going to address all these different categories that you could kind of mark. Here the unmarried and widows are addressed. That is good for them if they remain even as I. And remember at this time, Paul is single, celibate, and that goes with his sold outness to the gospel. See, Paul sees his singleness as an opportunity for freedom to travel the Roman world to proclaim the good tidings of the hope of the gospel without having to worry about a wife and a family. That's what he's saying. So he's saying to unmarried people and to widows, it's good if you, can, if you have the endowment, the gift from the Spirit, if you could be as I am, single and celibate. If, if, you, if that's what God has gifted you to do, then that's good. But make sure that it's something that God has allowed for you. Here's an example. Widows are mentioned here. So a widow is a person who was previously married and their spouse died. In the early church, there was a whole ministry done by widows. So widows would be those who had lost their husbands and they didn't wish to remarry. They decided to stay single and celibate. And they served the church. And the church served them. You can get some detail in 1 Timothy 5 on this. But there was a whole widow's ministry. And they would help the early church. And they would minister to different people. And they decided that's how they were going to live out the rest of their days. And Paul would say, that's good. If that's what God's called you to do, then that's a good thing. Someone who's unmarried here is also mentioned. The unmarried woman may be a divorced woman. And again, if that's her situation and she can remain as she is, she has the gift of singleness, wants to serve the Lord with all of her time, she can do that. A good example is Anna, Luke 2, 36-38. She's in the temple. It says in verse 37 of Luke 2, she was a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple serving night and day with fasting and prayers and at that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of Jesus to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Write down, if you're a note-taker, Luke 2, 36-38. Anna is a good example of a, a widower in the temple always giving her time, talent, treasure, treasure holy to the Lord. That's something that you can do. If that's how God has gifted you, you can serve the Lord and not worrying about merit, being married. 
but you are not extra spiritual if you remain single. And that was the problem in the Corinthian church. If someone had the gift of tongues, they were saying, I'm more spiritual than you. Someone might have the gift of singleness and say, I serve the Lord with all my time. You don't. <laughs> Look, there's something wrong with that, but the apostles were arguing about that when Jesus was at the table. They were arguing about which one of them was the greatest and who was going to sit at his right hand and his left hand. This is a very human thing to do. The comparison game and, oh, you're, you're not the same as us, or this church is spirit-filled, but that one's not. We've got to be very careful how we come to our conclusions. And Paul will qualify it in verse 9 by saying, if they, the widow and the unmarried, do not have self-control, if they cannot contain, that's the King James Version, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn and here, with passion is the NIV, New King James. But the idea is, if a person doesn't have the gift of singleness, then they would be constantly desiring the companionship and intimacy of a sexual relationship within marriage and would live a frustrated life. So Paul says, no, if you don't have that endowment from God, if you don't have that gift from God, then get married, it's okay. In the beginning, God said, for this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Paul says, look, chill out. Get married. It's okay. It's God's plan too. You could be spiritual if you're married and spiritual if you're not married. Either way, you can serve the Lord. Either way, take it as how God has wired you, how he's called you. Your family can be a witness to Christ as your singleness can as well. Well, what do you do if you're not married right now, but you feel like you want to get married? I've got four things. Just by time and experience, here they go. First, seek to be the right person yourself with your relationship with the Lord. Make sure you're the right person to have someone else want to marry you. Amen? Work on yourself. We all say that. Make sure your relationship's strong with the Lord. Number two, if God has put someone in your life and they are a believer and you are on the same page spiritually, then marriage is God's plan for fulfilling your desire as a person. If those things are in order, they're truly a believer, not they told you, oh, yeah, I go to church. Sure, I'll go with you. No, 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 no. Make sure they're a born-again believer. And young ladies who are, if you're courting with a gentleman right now, it would be good if you see some leadership qualities in him that he can lead you closer to Jesus. Now, you might be further along than him, but the, the model here is that he's supposed to lead you to the Lord. So make sure that there's at least a growing faith there. Number three, before you get married, search the scriptures, pray for wisdom, think soberly, and get godly counsel from parents, pastors, and trusted friends because they will tell you the truth about that person because you have the goo-goo-ga-ga eyes. Oh, he's so wonderful and beautiful. And, ah, they call their friend. Ah. I mean, you won't believe he dropped a flower by today. Oh, he wrote me a note. He doesn't drool out of the right side of his mouth like my previous person I was dating. What? <laughs> Things are looking up. All right. 
I'm with you. Do you know uh, how you can tell which way the stage is leaning in a church? By which side of the mouth the drool is coming down from the drummer. Hello, I'm Anna from Corona, California. You're listening to Walk in Truth. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Hey, we want to say thank you so much to the new financial partners for joining us in our mission to broadcast on more radio stations and to do more free apologetic teaching events. We've had some one-time donors too, and we're really grateful because that helped out our overall budget. I want to make it clear that we're not saying help us or we'll disappear from the radio station. The Lord and our existing partners have made it possible to be on this awesome station. Hello, I'm Bert from Corona, California. I listen to walk in truth because I hear the truth of the Word of God. I'm a walk together partner because I would love for others to obtain the same thing that I'm enjoying in life. Praise the Lord. (laughs) We're asking for a new partnership with you. If we can get more listeners to commit to giving at least $30 a month, we can reach our goal and join more radio stations and do more events to reach the community. And did we mention that some of those stations are secular ones? We want to reach people that might not have even heard the gospel before. Please commit what you can. So please visit walkintruth.com and click donate. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Before you get married, search the scriptures, pray for wisdom, think soberly, and get godly counsel from parents, pastors, and trusted friends because they will tell you the truth about that person because you have the goo-goo-ga-ga eyes. Oh, he's so wonderful and beautiful. And, ah, they call their friend. Ah. I mean, you won't believe he dropped a flower by today. Oh, he wrote me a note. He doesn't drool out of the right side of his mouth like my previous person I was dating. What? Things are looking up. All right. (laughs) I'm with you. Do you know uh, how you can tell which way the stage is leaning in a church? By which side of the mouth the drool is coming down from the drummer. Sorry, Marcus. Now I can get away with that because I'm a drummer. Okay, that was just, that was free. That was just a little extra humor for you this morning. Maybe. (laughs) If someone close to you, parent, pastor, trusted friend, is going, you might want to take note of that because the people that love you the most will tell you the truth. How many of us could say, oh, I ignored what parents and trusted friends said, and I plunged into the deep end, and oh, no water was in the pool. (laughs) Thank God for second chances. (laughs) Worship and spend time in prayer, number four. Bible study. Make sure that your contentment is in Christ 
and that you have a realistic expectation of what this person's going to do for you. Be optimistic, but realistic. Your spouse will not complete, complete you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know that's a line in a movie. You complete me. <laughs> I know. And it's romantic. However, you are complete in Christ. Now that other person can bless you. They can be a life partner, but they ain't going to complete you. Jesus Christ completes you. You are complete in Him, Colossians 2.10. And please, please, please go through premarital counseling. But it's five one-hour sessions. Yes! For the rest of your life, those five hours will be invaluable. Trust me. Get premarital. Oh, we don't need premarital. Yes, you do. You need 50 hours, not five hours. <laughs> Ask anybody next to you who's married. All right? Verse 10. But to the married, new category, I give instructions, not I, but the Lord, that the wife, speaking to the married, should not leave her husband. The idea of leaving is, instead of cleaving, you leave. This is the implicitly divorce. But if she does leave, let her remain unmarried, or else be reconciled to her husband, and that the husband should not send his wife away. It seems like in this culture, men had all the rights, that they could send their wife away. That's why the language is this way. Paul says in verse 10, I give instructions, not I, but the Lord. What does he mean? He means that the Lord taught on this, the Lord Jesus taught on this in his earthly ministry. Turn to Matthew 19. Let me show you what Paul's referring to. Matthew 19. There was all kinds of uh, extremes about divorce in the ancient world when Jesus walked the earth. A couple of major schools, one very liberal, that said you could divorce your wife for any reason. She oversalted the food, if she burnt your toast, if she didn't make your waffle to the right uh, crispiness, you could divorce her for just about any reason at all. There was another school, very conservative, that said, no, you can never divorce. It is never right. So here's what Jesus says. Check it out. It's Matthew 19, verse 1. When Jesus had finished these words, he departed from Galilee and came into the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Some Pharisees, who were known to divorce their wives over and over again for any reason, came to Jesus, testing him and asking, uh, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? Jesus answered and said, Matthew 19, 4, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning, apparently Jesus believes that Genesis is true, made them male and female. That's Genesis 1.27. Jesus quoting the Old Testament. And said, Genesis 2.24, now he quotes, for this, man, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined or cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they, the married couple, are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together in the covenant of marriage is the idea. Let no man separate. Don't let that person push divorce. They said to him, why then did Moses command 
to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away. And Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, that's Genesis, what he just quoted, it has not been this way. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. The disciples said to him, if the relationship of the man with his wife is like this, notice, it's better not to marry then, right? But he said to them, not all men, men can accept this statement, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. And there are also eunuchs who made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He who is able to accept this, let him accept it. Can I put it another way? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's turn back to 1 Corinthians 7. Strange, uh, a commentator on Scripture, says that the pneumatics of Paul's time, the hyper-spiritualists who believe that they were now in the resurrection state like the angels, so they should not be married anymore or they should remain celibate, he contends that they were ignoring the words of Jesus and saying that the Holy Spirit had told them to be single and celibate even though Jesus had given a different command. They believed they were hearing from the Spirit despite what the Word of God says. Okay, now all of us might say, wow, that's ridiculous until we realize that that's being done in our day. When we hear someone say, oh, God told me that I should get a divorce. Or God told me that I should be with this other person. And we go to a Bible verse with that person and we say, wait a minute, this is what the Bible says. Oh, but I heard from God and he said this is what I should do. And this is okay in my case. <laughs> and all God's people say, what? <laughs> say, what? See, this is what we can do. We can, we can somehow spiritualize that we're the exception to the rule. I've got news for you. You ain't. And neither am I. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, and this was part five of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, wrapping up five days of answering questions about marriage. Remember, one way we'd love to help equip you with God's truth is to answer your question right here on the program. Has someone asked you about your faith or the Bible and you weren't quite sure how to answer them? Well, Pastor Michael would love to help you get the answer. Email your question to us. Visit walkintruth.com to email us or call and leave your question on our voicemail. Just be brief and tell us where you're calling from. The number is 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, as we've gone through a message called Questions About Marriage, we wanted to address some topics. Answers to find like before you get married would be a great thing. And here's one. How does your potential spouse deal with conflict? How do they resolve conflict? Are they somewhat reasonable or are they very difficult to work through stuff with? You know, I did some teaching and some classes about marriage. And one of the things that uh, to prepare us for marriage, we have to deal with is conflict resolution. You're going to have conflict. You have to anticipate conflict and then learn how to work through it. This is a vital part of doing premarital counseling. And by the way, if you're considering getting married you and you don't have a church or a pastor, 
you might want to consider reaching out to us. We're not trying to take away anything that you would do with your regular church, but if you don't have a home fellowship and you're looking for some premarital counseling, we'd be happy to direct you or even help you with that ourselves. We do do that. We do not charge for that. So if you want to reach out to us at Living Truth, please do so. Go to walkintruth.com or call us at 844-48-TRUTH, and we can talk to you about that. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the Advent season. We've been focusing on Advent here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. I serve as senior pastor here, the great church behind Walk in Truth. We'd love to invite you to our Sunday services as we mark our second message for the Advent season. Services are at 9 and 11, 15 a.m. We have youth and young adult ministries going on on at second service for the youth group, and then the young adults meet on Sunday night. Hey, if you're 18 to 30 and looking to connect with some young adults that are believers going through the Word, you can connect right here at Living Truth. We have all things for kids at both services. We have a nursery, uh, just so much to offer to you. But most of all, we want you to be here to worship our God and to listen to his word and be instructed and encouraged in your faith. If you don't have a place to fellowship, come on out to Living Truth. You've been thinking about it. You've been considering it. Well, now's the time. Come on out today, 9 and 11, 15 a.m. You can find out information and directions when you download the Living Truth app in your app store. Look for the red logo with the pillars. The church is right off the 91 freeway and Lincoln Avenue, and we'd love to have you this morning. Come on out. I'd love to meet you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, and we'll catch you next time. God bless you. Tune in next week as Pastor Michael will conclude his study in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 with one more day of answering questions about marriage. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Oh,